0: Psychology Systems Limited are the leading provider of radiotherapy ancillary equipment in the UK and Ireland. Serving the community for over 22 years, we pride ourselves on exceptional service and quality products. Please take a moment to visit our website www.osl.uk.com and take a look at our product lines which include Macromedics for patient immobilisation and IBA dissimetry for all your radiotherapy quality assurance needs. We are more than happy to take your questions so please do get in touch via our website or email enquiry at osl.uk.com and one of our specialist team will be available to assist you. Hello everyone and welcome to RadChat, the first therapeutic radiography oncology podcast. Welcome to podcast number 54. My name is Naaman Joe and I'm joined by my fellow host Joe McNamara. A big thank you to our last guest, Heather Nisbet, who talked about her career and advanced practice. If you haven't had a chance yet, please do go and take a listen. So we're very pleased to introduce our guest for this evening, Ross McGee, who will be discussing his career the UK Council and becoming the president of the Society College of and Radiographers. Hi Ross, how are you?
1: I'm good, Neiman, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. Good. Um, I think, what you wanted to do something first with Ross before we kicked off, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did. Oh. So, Ross, you are renowned for being quite into your am-dram and your singing. Uh. So, <laughs> what is your karaoke song and can you give us a bit of a, a few bars?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Nothing like being put on the spot. Yeah. Um, well, you've caught me at a good time because I'm actually singing in a charity concert tomorrow and I was just rehearsing yesterday. Amazing. <laughs> um, my charity, my, my, my karaoke song uh, switches up all the time depending on what I'm listening to. <laughs> but um, I started singing when I was about nine years old because I loved Elvis Presley. Um, so tomorrow in charity concert, I'm singing The Wonder Of You. Because um, I've, I've been obsessed with Elvis since I was really young And I've uh, just seen the film again So I'm actually in the midst of a, a new wave of obsession <laughs> Oh wow, you've really put me on the spot um, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll never know The reason why You love me as you do And that's the wonder The wonder of you Woo!
0: <laughs> Ross, officially
2: our first person to sing on a podcast. I love it. I love it.
0: If you can answer all the questions in a sing-song voice as well, that would be great.
1: Sure, let's go for that. <laughs> oh, but no, thank
0: you for that. I think we've we've all heard how much of a good singer you are, so that's great. Do you want to tell us a bit about all the other wonderful things that you do in your current role?
1: Yeah. So I'm currently a senior uh, therapeutic radiographer. Pretty much permanently working in pre-treatment now, Um, so that basically means I am managing any part of a patient's care path who is coming for radiotherapy before they actually start their radiotherapy. So from their first step into the department, um, getting them settled and and comfortable with what's going on, um, doing their CT planning scan. Um, and then all the behind the scenes work that, that happens once the patient goes away before they start their radiotherapy so um, I've started doing a little bit of dosimetry in the last couple of years which is new to me so that's really been interesting um, and I do all the kind of plan prep um, and I'm also a, a, a trained um, prescriber for um, breast cancer radiotherapy so I plan um, tangential pairs for breast cancer radiotherapy as well um, and I also draft three and four field uh, breast cancer radiotherapy and then refer that on to the oncologists. So basically the whole care path from start to finish until they start their radiotherapy.
2: Amazing, so how did you get into being a therapeutic radiographer?
1: Well there's a story and, and, and when you get to this stage in a, in a career sometimes I think you forget why you started because um, things change so much but um, I was really, really interested in science at school, um, particularly in, in physics and biology. Um, but I also really wanted to get into a career where um, I was looking after people um, and, and radiotherapy seemed like the perfect opportunity to bring the caring profession together with my scientific interests. Um, and like everyone else, um, I did the, the degree course, as was the, as was the way um, for most people. I'm saying that as if this is something new to me. I've been doing this for a hell of a long time now. Um, but I, it's a four-year degree, degree course for, for us up here. I, I studied in Scotland and have remained practicing in Scotland. So it was the four-year um, honours degree course and uh, straight from there I got a a post at the Beetson, west of Scotland Cancer Centre, Scotland's biggest cancer centre, and I continue to work for them but I now actually work in the satellite facility in Lanarkshire um, which is for community access for the Lanarkshire population Um, and we concentrate on four main tumour sites out there.
0: What's um, kind of the access to radiotherapy like in Scotland? Obviously at the minute, catch up with cancer radiotherapy care pushing kind of that agenda again to get more funding especially in england patients are supposed to only travel Mm -hmm. i think 45 minutes but on average sometimes you know it's over an hour what's it like in scotland
1: yeah well the geography of scotland is, is an interesting piece um you know we've got really really remote rural areas um particularly in the highlands and islands um the beats and which is based in the west end of Glasgow covers about sixty percent of the population of Scotland. Um, so that's from the borders um up to the Western Hebrides um and across kind of to the middle of Scotland, uh, kind of Lanarkshire um and uh, kind of Falkirk, Fourth Valley. Um, so it covers a massive area um so you know a lot of our patients are traveling quite far um especially if they live out in the western hebrides uh, um so they actually usually um get put up in a hotel um for their period of time the the lanertshire beetson where i work as i said is a satellite facility um, and that was opened nearly seven years ago now and that was because the large co- we knew that capacity wise we needed more space and we knew that um there were certain places within the, the catchment area of the Beetson, um that had a higher incidence of cancer than some of the others so it was identified that it would either be uh, at the time it was either going to be Ayrshire uh, or Lanarkshire and Lanarkshire came out that it had more need um, for that so there is um, the the additional access for patients. We do cover quite a large area still in Lanarkshire, we cover Fourth Valley, uh, we cover Lanarkshire and kind of edging into some of the, the kind of what is classed as Lanarkshire, but actually probably just on the curb of Glasgow. Um, So it actually makes a big difference for patients in that area. But I think there probably is definitely a case for more satellite facilities um, throughout Scotland. There's five radiotherapy centres in Scotland. Um, So there's there's the Glasgow Beats and uh, there's one in Edinburgh, there's one in Dundee, one in uh, Aberdeen and one in Inverness. So the kind of... spread out quite well um but it also means that you know everyone kind of north of Inverness has to travel as well um and if you live in the Shetland Isles or in Orkney then um you know it's a considerable undertaking especially if you're coming for a number of weeks of radiotherapy so access wise it, it, it is what it is for the moment but you know Scotland's geography will always bring challenges into play.
2: Do you find there's workforce challenges as well because of that remoteness of radiotherapy um
1: do you know, that's a really interesting question. And it it probably, there's no one answer to that, I think, Joe. I think some people, a lot of uh, radiotherapy centres in Scotland have great staff retention for the very reason that they don't want to go too far from home, you know what I mean? um so uh, i've lived and worked in this area for my entire career um because it works well for me when i i I live um about 15 miles south of glasgow um so my commute when i used to work in the in the glasgow beetson uh was quite considerable it was two trains um and and a bit of a walk in between um now that i uh work in lanarkshire it's a 20-25 minute drive for me um so workforce retention is quite good for the reasons that you know people want to stay near near to where they were brought up in a lot of cases and in a lot of cases when we have students that leave the the two higher education institutions that offer radiotherapy courses in scotland if they don't initially get a, a job in scotland and they move down south or elsewhere to get a post they they generally come back within a couple of years um because they want to be back home um so there's not really um, any difficulty with recruitment and retention, I don't think, in Scotland. Um, they, they seem to manage quite well. Um, but of course, there, there's the usual workforce problems that come with funding from centralised government. Um, you know, we can only hire as many staff as we are budgeted to be able to do so. So, you know, the, the penny falls down there.
2: So Ross. You are currently El Presidente, Um, and when I say that, some people (laughs) may have no idea of what I'm referring to. Would you like to kind of go into some detail about Mm -hmm. kind of why I've referred to you like that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So I am the current president of the Society of Radiographers and of the College of Radiographers, which are... um, Two distinct um, organisations that work very, very closely together. The um, Society of Radiographers is a professional membership body and trade union um, representing anyone who works within diagnostic imaging or radiotherapy services, um, mostly diagnostic radiographers and therapeutic radiographers. Um the College of Radiographers is a charitable subsidiary of the Society of Radiographers but it is in its own right a separate entity Um, and as I say it is a charity uh, and they work mostly for the benefit of patients and the public by um, presenting radiographers with opportunities in research and and, uh, all sorts of things like that um, to um, better the profession of radiography um, for public and patient benefit.
0: How do you become a president? Do you, you know, it's not like how you see in America when they do their, you know, their roadshows going around getting funding from people and shouting stuff out.
1: No, no, not quite. Although, um, I'll come on to some interesting developments that, you know, we might have a bit of that coming up in the future. Not quite. Have you got a tour bus? Uh, is that what you're oh, telling Oh No, no, I'm already in office. I don't need to do all that, that shaking hands and kissing babies anymore. Um, I, you're not going to do a second term? Uh, oh, well, I'll come on <laughs> to that as well. Um, so, um, so the the Society of Radiographers, as I said, is a professional membership body and a trade union. Um, so we have a, an executive um, body that, that that kind of runs um, those two functions. It's a very interesting organisation in that because it's a trade union, you need to have an executive committee that looks after those um, situations, but also it's set up as a company. Um, so it's a, a limited company um, registered at Companies House, which means that it needs a board of non-executive directors um, and we have brought those two functions together as of an executive committee for a trade union and a board of non-executive directors for, to run a company into what's called the uk council and the uk council is made up of regional representatives who are qualified radiographers um and they come from the 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 various regions of england and from the, the 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 three nations of wales scotland and northern ireland um and you are elected um by the the members of the organization um to to sit on one of those seats And then from um, those uh, UK council members, um, once they've had a bit of experience of being on UK council, they can put themselves forward to stand for the presidential team. Um, And previously, um, that was a, a closed election and you were elected by your fellow UK council members. But I am the last president, uh, oh, no, sorry, last but one. So the next president um, will be the last to have been um, closed, elected by the UK Council. we've just changed the Articles of Association at our AGM um, so that when you want to stand to be a member of the presidential team, your election will now go out to all members. Um, of the Society of Radiographers, which makes it a much more democratic situation. It means that um, when someone stands, um, so you, you initially stand to be elected as vice president and then you progress through some roles until your presidency so you start as vice president for a year, you then become the president-elect for a year, you then do a year as president and then you then become um, the immediate past president and chair of council um, for a year. So it's a four-year journey. Um, So when you wish to stand to be elected as vice president, you'll then have to develop a manifesto um, and you'll then have to go out and speak to members, um, probably most likely through social media and and online communication. Um, We don't expect um, vice presidential candidates to be travelling all around the country, um, but it will probably, I think what we're hoping it will do as well is it'll be a much more democratic process. But it will also bring um, that um, structure out to the membership so that all of our members have a better understanding of who is representing them at the top of the organisation. Um, and it will hopefully encourage them as well to consider whether that's a role that they'd be interested in. Um, so not not any kind of big paintings on the sides of buses because, you know, that, that's got some people into trouble in the past. I'm not naming any names, but he's on his way out. And... Um, you know it will be on social media and, and campaigning and doing things like that um to get you know the, the best candidates and we're going to be doing a lot more mentorship within this within the uk council um so that we're getting the best candidates into the the presidential team
0: so obviously every president has their own views and beliefs and what they kind of hope to achieve at ukio yep. we um obviously met you as well but we had claire donaldson on who's they are just obviously leaving their presidential role handing over. Or they have handed over to you sorry yep. but what what do you hope to achieve or what you know what are your views as a president for the next year
1: sure so as as i said it 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 is a year's term, um, so it's a very short um, time frame to be able to achieve everything that you want to achieve, Um, and oftentimes um, the kind of work that the previous president has started will kind of roll over, um, and it's important to have a cohesive handover at that point to make sure that that work doesn't just kind of disappear into the ether and drop off the agenda. Um, Luckily, Claire and I um, have been friends for a very long time and we've kind of come up through the various structures of the, the, the Society of Radiographers together. Um, we started together about 10 years ago on the Scottish Reps Forum together um, and progressed up through into becoming members of the UK Council. And, and it just so happened by sheer dumb luck that we have succeeded each other in, in the presidency so we um, actually have very very similar ways of thinking um, and similar um, passions about the profession so a lot of the work that Claire has already started um, I will be picking up um, so Claire's done some fantastic work on um, the internal governance of the of the organization making sure that we really are um, stringent with our governance um, procedures so all that work's going to be continuing to go on um, and Claire and I are both very passionate about equality, diversity, and inclusion, and have done a lot of work um, in that in that thread. Claire, Claire, and I both come from different strands of the the LGBTQ plus community, um, so we've done a lot of work um, in equality in the past. And what we started after the the murder of George Floyd in twenty twenty, um, the UK Council put out a statement about our commitments to becoming an anti-racist um organization not just a, a non-racist organization but an anti-racist organization to um proactively challenge um any issues like that um, and we commissioned a, a big equality review um of all of our procedures um and and how we communicate with members um and we just received the the report for that just in May this year it was quite a long and an in, in-depth in r- report um so we have a number of recommendations from that report um and I will be taking them forward um as a member of a, a short life working group looking to really adapt the way that we work um because what we want to do is have um, people in leadership positions at the Society of Radiographers who are reflective of this, the diversity of uh, our membership and of society, uh, uh, wider UK society as well. Um, so those kind of two pieces of work that Claire has been, massive pieces of work, let it be said, um, will roll over into my work plan Uh. Obviously, I have my own ambitions for the organisation as well. Um, my um, main interest is in public health, um, and I have done a, a, a big amount of work in that over the past couple of years since I became vice president. Um, and I am really, really trying... A lot of radiographers really struggle to see their role in public health. And a lot of that is because of the language that is used by public health professionals about what public health means. Um, so what I'm, I'm trying to do is, is think about the language that we use and reframe the conversation around public health. Um, and a lot of great work is going on in public health that radiographers are doing. They're just not branding it as public health. Um, and we can really, really put that push that forward. And one of the big um, themes within public health at the moment is sustainable healthcare and the impact, um, the reciprocal, cyclical impact of healthcare uh, on the environment, and then environment on healthcare. Um, because the the NHS is um, a massive carbon producer. Um, if you um, took the worldwide healthcare system um, and smooshed it all into one big system. Um, and kind of made it as if it was a country, it would be the fifth biggest carbon producer in the world. The NHS in England produces about the same amount of carbon as a small country, um, like Croatia. Um, and it produces more carbon on a daily basis than Heathrow Airport. So, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there to reduce that down. Um, and the co benefit of that is that it will start to then obviously have an impact on on population health. And then the impact, you know, it's a kind of gradual thing as, as we start to have less of an environmental impact on health. There's less requirement for healthcare, and we can continue to work that way. Um, the more and more i've looked into it sustainable systems it actually starts to look like a, a kind of amazing thing to work on um and radiographers really have a massive place um within that um and i think the biggest impact we can have because a lot of other professions are talking about recycling and you know um, reusing equipment and things like that but because we work with um massive multi-million pound machines it's not as simple as that for us so the for radiographers the biggest impact we can have is in reducing service inefficiencies um and starting to really streamline patient care through the system so that there's no um wasted resource um in terms of patient care um and obviously then the co-benefit of that is a much more um a much better patient experience um throughout their their care pathway um and and radiographers have a massive part to play in that and i think there's also a massive um opportunity for radiographers in terms of role extension and role development around that because it means that you know as we start to develop these more efficient and streamlined systems radiographers can take on more responsibilities um in terms of uh, for example within a therapeutic work um they can take on things like um patient reviews a much more efficient patient reviews um i'm a massive advocate for radiographer prescribing so that there's no need for um medical input there um, unless absolutely necessary um i'm a i'm, I'm a massive advocate of um the emerging role of radiographers in the community. So you know a lot of um, patients once they once they finish their radiotherapy journey, um, just go back into the community uh, and whatever issues that come up in relation to their um, radiotherapy side effects, just end up back at primary care where there's not necessarily the expertise from general practice. Um, so I'm a massive advocate of radiographers in the community who continue to manage long-term side effects for patients. And a lot of those services are starting to emerge and and making um, a massive impact on patients' lives. Um, but they can also make a massive impact on the sustainability uh, and future-proofing um, the NHS and making sure that the NHS is fit for purpose moving forward. So it's a really, really interesting time for radiographers in terms of that. Um, and I'm really keen to start promoting that and making sure that radiographers understand what what they can achieve um and, and adapting their skill set as we as we move forward and making sure that the profession remains re- relevant as well. Um, there's a massive push for technological innovation, um, and a lot of new systems um, are, are, are really doing a lot of the work that radiographers used to do. So we need to make sure that we um, maintain our professional status and that we remain relevant, you know, there's a real risk as we move forward with AI and, and all these amazing ad- adaptations and um, and technology that if we don't keep up with that we do end up becoming technologists you know some people think of radiographers as button pushers which is far from it and um, we have a massive massive skill set for patient care um, and and we need to really push that and r- maintain our professional status so it's really really exciting times for radiographers as far as i'm concerned
0: yeah that sounds honestly it sounds amazing very motivating to hear I suppose lots of people (laughs) listening, they might also be thinking from the other angle of we're in a tough climate in the NHS. How do you manage the expectations? Because me as a treatment review radiographer, advanced practitioner, yes, this is I want to do as much as I can and shout about the profession. But there are also people who are worried about pay, worried about, you know, all of that sort of thing. How do they even consider these kind of advances when that's what's going to be on their mind?
1: Yeah, so that's that's a big role for the Society of Radiographers uh, as a trade union, but also as a professional body, um, and it's and it's two strand th- kind of way of working which works really well, um, because I believe that you can't um, disassociate quality patient care from radiographers who are properly looked after. You can't look after your patients if you're not looked after. If you're burnt out, you're not providing optimum patient care, um, and we obviously have. Um, started to emerge from one of the most unprecedented um, tough times for the entire NHS um, and we have you know plodded on throughout that a lot of um, a lot of the world stopped but the NHS didn't um, and, and if anything um, we um, became busier and, and really adapted services and innovated um, and, and implemented change um, to make sure that all these things continue to go on. Um, and, you know, radiographers have worked damn hard for the last two years, um, and they really, really deserve better than they're getting just now. Um, radiographers are, um, to use a Scottish word, radiographers are scunnered, um which means we're really, really knackered. You know, it, it, um, it's it's been a, an absolute slog of two years to get to the end of that um and and you know clapping for carers was was lovely but let's pay people properly um this cost of living crisis is affecting everyone um throughout the uk um but you know um if we don't look after um, radiographers and, and NHS staff, um, who's going to be there to look after the, the population? Um, we are um, campaigning as a, as a, as a organisation to um, improve on the, the pay um, awards that have been put out. Um, and it's, it's a lot of work to be done. Um, radiographers haven't had an inflation-busting pay rise for a long time. You know, 12 years of austerity has really, really eaten away at the pay of of healthcare workers. Um, And, you know, a lot of um, the other things that have been put in place, increases in tax and increases in pension contributions, have slowly eaten away at the take-home pay um, and the real-time pay because as that has been getting eaten away at, life has become more expensive as it does Um, and you know it's not even comparable Um, you can't even say that we're anywhere near where we were 12 years ago in terms of the buying power of our salaries Um, so there's there's massive amounts of work that need to be done there Um, and we are of course cognizant that you know we can't just smack a 25 percent pay uplift um, onto radiographers we know that that's not um, uh, possible but we really need to have open and honest discussions discussions with the people in power um, to say that, you know, we need a significant pay rise just now to start to bridge the gap that has been eaten away at for the last 12 years um, and start to repair the damage that's been done to to radiographers pay um, and you know we need to empower um, all of the members of the society of radiographers to, to understand what they can do and um, communicating with you know um, their own MPs and things like that there's there's a massive amount of work that's going to go on for a long time um, and you know it's probably going to be one of the most challenging parts of my presidency is leading the organization through that um i've had numerous you know i i I just came into office uh about four weeks ago now and there's nothing like starting off slow but you know uh, we jumped straight into um talking about pay straight away um because it's really really important that we get this settled as, as soon as possible traditionally pay rises were paid in april we're now four months later than that and we're still talking about it um and and the we're going to be talking about this probably until the end of the year before anything starts to look like a settlement. Um, of course, that'll get back paid. But, you know, radiographers are struggling now. We've got radiographers that are relying on food banks. And these are people that are, you know, relatively well paid in, in relation to a lot of people in the UK. Um, so when you actually look at someone who is professionally trained, has a degree, and they're relying on food banks and, and, and worrying about paying they're at gas and electricity and if they can pay their rent and you know and having to take mortgage holidays and we're hearing all sorts of stories from our members that are really really struggling it's not good enough you know it's it, we live in a civilized country that needs to look after its 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 own um, and if we can't look after our nhs this national treasure that we've been clapping for for the last two years what what can we look after it, it really is worrying
2: it's also the impact isn't it ross on um, students and workforce development and making sure that you know, mm-hmm. people are able to attend university, attend clinical placements, you know, get reimbursed yep. on time. There is a systemic failure, isn't there, of of yep. basically the infrastructure behind succession planning for workforces. Do you find Absolutely. that that comes into your discussions around workforce and pay?
1: Of course, of course. We're always thinking about the the next people that are coming through. Um, You know, as I said, healthcare, the demand for healthcare is, is getting higher and higher. Um, people are sicker for the first time in, a se- in almost a century life expectancy is dropping you know we, we have a demand for healthcare that is exponentially increasing and we need more staff to be able to to manage that so we of course need to have more radiographers on the ground doing the jobs that we are doing um, so we need a, a bigger throughput of of students um, the challenges that come with that are um, you know promoting the profession to make sure that it's an attractive profession to come into. Um, and that means talking about the, the development that is available to you throughout your career. It, may, it also talking about pay, you know, um, making sure that radi- radiography is an attractive place to be in terms of pay um, so that students are, are attracted into that. You're not going to spend four, three or four years studying for something that's not going to pay you um, what you deserve. Um, but we also need to consider... The, the capacity and the quality of clinical placements. You know, there's only so many places that, that, that students can go out to um, during um, during their clinical placements. And so we need to consider um, innovative work there as well. And, and we definitely talk with the higher education institutions throughout the UK to see um, what we can do in terms of best practice um, and, and providing um, clinical placements for students. That is of good quality you know it's no there's no use in just sending students out and they don't actually learn anything um we need to make sure that th- th- that actually has an impact on their learning and development and we need to support students just in general life as well you know if you are um a student who needs to work part-time as well throughout your studies um to pay you as i say your rent and your bills um managing that alongside your studies and clinical placement can be really difficult so um, there's definitely a lot of pastoral care that needs to go on with with students what we're doing at the society of radiographers just now is we have massively increased their engagement with students we've got a a student forum now um, which has got um, some amazing um, student leaders on that that are leading um, amazing work um, and really really making an impact and helping us to learn as well. You know, as, as as I mentioned before, I've been doing this for a long time. It's, it's nearly 15 years since I was a student. Things have changed massively in, in, in those places. So we are learning a massive amount from, from our from our student forum. Um, and I've always been a massive advocate of, um, you know, reciprocal learning. Learning doesn't have to be a one-way Um, contract we can learn as much from our students as they can learn from us Um, and they are the next generation of our profession and we need to listen to them they've really got their finger on the pulse in terms of the 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 way things are going for the profession just now Um, they're reading everything that's coming out um, and we have a massive amount to learn from them in terms of innovation um, so we we do a lot of work with our students um, and it, it, it really has benefited us as an organization
0: I think it's funny that you say that when I did my pre-reg masters to get into this when I was on 14 week placements traveling from Bristol to Taunton I worked Friday night <laughs> Saturday night Sunday night on the bar yeah at least six seven hour shifts and then turn up do it all again Absolutely. every week but it's the reality uh, yeah. at the minute, and. It is. It's sad, obviously, but I think in a way is trying to find a bit of positivity. That's me. But actually, despite seeing the the pressures, the problems and things that are coming out happening in the NHS, people are still applying to university. They're still getting through their placements, even though they know what's coming. Because, again, it's about patients. That's why we do what we do at the minute. patients. I I find it really sad when the patient Oh, I have an issue. I didn't want to come to you because I know you're all really stretched. I know you're really worried. You know, you haven't had a break today. And there's a few patients say oh i know you haven't been for lunch yet i'm really sorry i can wait and it's like no we're here for yep. you but it, it's a weird dynamic at the minute with patients because there are people who again got patients today that i spoke to who are using food mm. banks head and neck patients who are using food banks which is terrifying yep. because you know they're going to have a problem with Absolutely. weight loss but it's, it's it's yeah just hoping something will start mm. to improve
1: yeah it's it's an awful situation now uh, and you know if patients are noticing um you know that, that staff aren't getting breaks and that staff are stretched then that's really really sad you know if we're there to look after them they shouldn't have to worry about us um you know if that is getting picked up and our patients you know anyone that's ever worked in a radiotherapy department um you know has a constant battle with their weight because our patients are so appreciative that they're constantly throwing chocolates at you you know anyone that's worked in a radiotherapy department needs to stay away from in the sweetie cupboard at all demand. Um, patients are always so so appreciative of everything that we do. Um, so if they're starting to pick up that you know, um, the, the stretches in the service, um, you know, sad sad times, sad times for the NHS.
2: So Ross, uh, can we talk about the annual delegate? Conference? Yeah. So ADC, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it's where lots of activity goes on, but I know people don't always get to hear about it. So it'd be great to kind of promote it as an event that people attend, but also the consequences of attending that.
1: Um, I love talking about Annual Delegates Conference because it's kind of where my activism started in in the organisation. I was, uh, I've been a a trade union rep for the Society of Radiographers for most of my career um, and was kind of plodding along doing bits and pieces in my department. and I had no idea what the annual delegates conference was either um, and the first time that I went to the annual delegates conference I ended up getting for the health and safety work that I was doing um, back in kind of 2012 um, I ended up getting elected to the Scottish National Con- uh, uh, Council um, as a national health and safety rep and they encouraged me to then go um, to, to the annual delegates conference to ADC um, and I had no idea what to expect um, And uh, that was in 2014 was the first time I went to the annual delegates conference. Um, So that is really where my activism started um, to really take take hold. So the annual delegates conference is essentially the Society of Radiographers' annual policy conference, for want of a better description. It's where we um, develop our policy for the forthcoming term. Um, So what happens is, I've I've discussed earlier that we have regions um, and national councils um, throughout the UK, and each of those regions and national councils... um, Sends a delegation um to a central conference for the last few years. It's been in Leeds, um, but we we're looking for a new venue because it's become so massive that we we're actually outgrowing the capacity of the venue we're using Leeds because it's it's such an amazing event. So this delegation um, gathers together, um, and what they do is they put forward what are known as motions, um, which um, is a bit of a a a kind of unaccessible term for a lot of people what is emotion um and it it comes from um you know governmental type things if you're on the
0: pelvis machine ross you know what emotion is oh
1: yeah you do well let's not even go there you know uh we won't touch on that yeah you could get confused there couldn't you (laughs) um so emotion is is essentially an idea um, you think needs developed. Um, so you propose a motion, um, which is essentially what you do is you submit a piece of text first of all, um, and that gives an idea of what you want the Society of Radiographers to do in, in a certain subject. Um, so you you give a bit of background information about a situation, and then you make a request of the Society of Radiographers to action something on that. And what happens at the annual delegates conference? as the the region that proposes that motion someone from that region's delegation will go up to the podium and make a proposing speech someone from another region will then come up and make a seconding speech and then there's a bit of a debate that goes on about what people think about that you know is it a good thing is it a bad thing what what impact will this have on the profession what could we do to make things better Uh, and a debate goes on um and then a vote is taken on whether th- that should be uh, accepted or rejected, um and if it's accepted then it becomes part of the Society of Radiographers work plan for the forthcoming year, um I as I said ha- have a massive place in my heart for ADC because in twenty fourteen it was where I I first started activism, um and I actually at, at my very very first ADC proposed a motion, um and I'll tell you what I proposed um and it might seem a bit like it doesn't affect um, the professions of radiography. Um, But this is the sort of thing that can go forward at ADC because it doesn't have to directly relate to radiography. It just means that it's something that you believe in. And if it affects you as a radiographer, then that's important. And the first motion that I put forward, um, I've mentioned I'm I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. The first motion I put forward in 2014 was to ban uh, gay conversion therapy in the UK. Um, It's 2022, and we're still having this debate with government because they're trying to exclude um trans people from that, that piece of legislation. They're saying that, you know, you can still um, try and convert a trans person back to the gender that they don't um, associate with, Um, but they're, they're trying to move forward with banning gay conversion therapy. So that's something I proposed back in 2014, um and that motion passed and it was accepted by the Society of Radiographers and we've campaigned, um, for that and we've really really um spread the wings of our LGBT activism, um, over the last eight years, um, in that in that work stream, um, and that actually got me noticed by the the MP that was really pushing forward the the work on that at the time it was a Labour MP um called Geraint Davis and he got in touch with me through Twitter and we worked together and and that gave me a massive confidence boost um the the work that i was interested in doing was actually being recognized by people in power um and that's how i ended up developing um and i continued to go to adc's the following year in 2015 um i was really affected by something that hit social media at the time and it was a a young trans girl um in uh, america who had committed suicide and her suicide note um, was released on her social media um, and it went viral. I don't know if we talked about viral back in 2015, but it went viral um, and it really, really affected me. And I proposed a motion um, to introduce the society's first uh, transgender policy um to not just support any members who had transitioned or wished to transition but also to support transgender patients um, and what being a transgender person meant for your health um and i introduced that back in 2015 um and that was their first um step as a as an organization into um th- that realm of of policy Um, so those were the first kind of pieces of, of work that i really high level work that I did for the for the organization and from there my confidence grew. I became a, a, a kind of confident public speaker um and started to gain a set of skills um in doing this work that meant that eventually I could stand um to be elected to the UK Council um, and in turn to be elected as president. So the ADC has played a massive part in my development um, and I had the honour this year in 2022, before I was president, when I was in the role as president-elect, I had the honour this year of chairing the ADC um, and actually the, the conference is a safe space um it's a really really welcoming environment where everyone gets together um and we might disagree on 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 things you know people do make opposing speeches and and motions do get rejected um but it's never personal it's such a supportive and caring environment um to such a degree that um chairing it this year was such an emotional experience for me that as I closed conference and thanked them for all the, the, the kind of support over the last eight years, I actually got quite emotional. Um, and I did actually cry at the end of the conference, which was just the most bizarre experience when you're talking about a conference. But this is such a integral uh, part of the Society of Radiographers calendar. Um, it really, really does develop the core of the organisation um, and uh, empowers the profession to move forward.
2: I have to say I was always blown away by ADC and actually I always found that topics and motions that were raised were sometimes ahead of their time and by Absolutely. that I mean I attended ADC probably about 5 years ago and someone proposed the motion of how we needed to think about uh, people going through the menopause and yeah, I remember. always yeah and I always remember people going what no yep. like if you were to propose that now everyone would be like Absolutely. Like, of course we need, but it, it really did open my eyes to just some of the things that people are going through that get highlighted um, through ADC. Um, mm-hmm. in that public arena that really does kind of develop people's awareness of what colleagues and peers are going through um, yep. and as you said a really safe space to be able to kind of discuss some of these things um, but definitely ahead of its time I've always felt that every ADC I've gone to I've always yep. thought some of those motions were definitely ahead and then you know two three years later you're like yeah absolutely that's kind of on the pulse, yep. topical yep.
1: needing yeah, to be absolutely. changed and i think it's important not to dehumanize the conference it's yeah. not an entity it's it's ran by uh, the delegates that come to it it's ran by the members of the society of radiographers these aren't just concepts that have been plucked out of the air by the organization these are things that matter to the members of the society of radiographers who are there coming and and bringing that forward um to better things for working conditions for radiographers um and to benefit patient care, these are these are things that people are so so passionate about. It's there's been I've I've seen multiple people um, cry on the podium. Um, I I moved a motion on on um, mental health um, a number of years ago, um, and the, oh my goodness, the seconding speech was. Um, from a member in London blew me away and we've remained really good friends we really bonded over that um, and every time we see each other at the conference each year now um, it's just like you know it's seeing an old friend um, I've made so so many friends at the at the EDC over the years and um, that I don't just count as colleagues. I count as really, really close friends. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to get involved with, and I really would encourage people to get involved with it. And as I say, it's getting bigger and bigger. So the opportunity um, for for attending next year is going to be there. We're looking for a big, really big venue next year to to be able to have the capacity um, to 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 be able to do it. Um, so yeah, look out for uh, invites from your local, uh, regional, and national councils. Um, because it's a really exciting place to be
2: or get on twitter cause twitter they- yes <laughs> we
1: yes i am i'm i'm one of these semi twitter f- People, there's there's some people in the presidential team that are amazing at Twitter, um, and Claire did a really good job of being on social media when she was president. So I'm trying to keep that momentum up, and sometimes I forget, like doing things like this. I should be on Twitter, you know, ch- tagging people and things like that. Um, but I've been at a couple of events over the last few weeks, and I'm tweeting away, and I, I just sound like a maniac, you know. I'm doing no. this and I'm doing that. And... <laughs> Ross, we
2: need to get you on TikTok. Twitter, Twitter's, Twitter's oh, old now. Yeah. Let's get you on TikTok, oh, yeah.
1: and yeah, uh, my, you can my... do
2: some singing whilst also talking <laughs> about motions.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My brother's girlfriend does TikTok, and she always tries to get me in on them, and I've no idea what I'm doing. I make, I make myself, I make myself sound like this old person, you know. I'm, I'm on this podcast, and someone probably thinks I'm about eighty because I've got no clue what I'm doing with social media. You know, I'm the youngest president ever. I'm the youngest president ever of this organization. I'm a young man.
0: <laughs> and he's sixty-eight. <laughs>
2: No I think it's I think it's really admirable and if you've not necessarily been on Twitter or social media I think it's hard to kind of get into it and grow the confidence but I think there are advantages to it and I know for people who want to kind of keep abreast of things that are happening it's a it's a quick easy way isn't it to access information. Um. so you did mention Ross a little bit about equalise can you just talk to us about kind of what Equalise is and some of the amazing work that you've done.
1: Yeah, so Equalise is changing just now. It's it's a really exciting time for Equalise. Equalise is the Society of Radiographers' um, Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, And it's a committee that I was involved in for a number of years um, and has done some amazing work. Um, What... uh, had started to happen was because a lot of the activists on uh, equalize were from the lgbt plus community it started to become very heavy in those work those work streams um and after as i said the murder of george floyd in 2020 we really wanted to make a difference there um so what we've done as we have separated out the work streams of Equalize, um, and it's an ongoing piece of work. We have um five uh work streams for Equalize, um, and we have used the the kind of threads of the TUC equality um standards um to set up these these work streams. Uh, so there is an LGBTQI uh plus uh forum, which is um doing a lot of great work already. Um there is a racial diversity forum. Um there's a women's forum, a youth workers forum and a disabled workers forum. Um and what we're hoping to do is once these um forums become a, a, a bit more uh embedded and they start to develop their work, what we're going to do is then uh, elect members from each of those four I into uh, a, an executive structure for equalize, which will then do the high level strategy work within uh, EDI. Um, so it's a really, really exciting time for equality. Um, and we're really trying hard to make sure that um, we diversify the top structures um, and diversify the staff and make sure that everyone who is in membership feels comfortable to be able to come forward with their ideas um, because you know there's there's amazing diversity out in our membership who have a a diverse um, experience of life and we need their experience um, to be able to um, you know tell us what's happening out in in the profession what matters to them what matters to people that that, from their communities um, so that we're not going down the wrong path in terms of developing policy um, and making sure that it, it it includes everybody and it has an impact on everybody a positive impact on everybody
0: oh, thank you ross i think we could definitely be talking all night if we could about so many different topics um <laughs> we always like to end the podcast with sort of top tips um you've given a lot of great tips a lot of things to look forward to especially with everything going on at the minute but you know yeah what, what would you say to people listening
1: um, so I would say to radiographers think outside the box don't just think that you are um, stuck within the realms of what you think is a radiographer um innovate um think laterally um, and see what you can achieve that's kind of what I ended up doing i I, I always say that I ended up on what what I call an, or, an organic pathway of leadership I never came into this profession thinking that you know, 14 years later, I'd be leading the professional body, but it happened organically because I was interested um, and I kept standing up um, and making sure that, um, you know, things could change and things were developing. To students, I would say, don't give up. I nearly gave up. Um, I nearly gave up twice and it was only because of an amazing lecturer called Maureen McPake um, that she convinced me to stay. Um, I was failing an exam and uh, had a bit of a mental breakdown between my second and third year and I nearly gave up so do not give up. Um, You can um, achieve amazing things Um, and to patients I would say um, try not to be scared of your radiotherapy journey. Um, We We'll do everything that we can as a profession to support you through it, um, from start to finish and beyond, um, and we are pretty nice people, so we'll we'll look after you.
2: And Ross, do you have a slogan? Because I know Claire had a slogan. Have you developed one?
1: Oh no. <laughs> Um, no we haven't yet i need to get i need to get on to to the the head of uh, pr and communications and start developing that you know i've got people i've got staff that kind of think these things up for me now you know you could just (laughs) sing something that makes me sound (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i I could be hashtag the singing president
0: (laughs) there you go you heard it here first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well thank you so much for everyone for listening to Radchat. Chat um, so your hosts today have been Naaman Joel Canson and Joe McNamara huge thank you to our guest again Ross McGee um, if you're utilising this podcast for CPD purposes consider the reflective questions posted uh, along with links to resources and literature that we've discussed to receive your accredited CPD certificate please complete the Google form link to the podcast so our next next guest to feature will be Stuart O'Callaghan uh, who will be discussing their experience of cancer and the charity they founded Live Through This um, so thank you very much for listening and take care Thank you.